Welcome to the KPC Podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Steve Keller. All right, good morning. Um, I probably need to give you a word of explanation because this is quite a bit different for us. Um, Friday, I woke up with some type of infection and went to urgent care and found out I've got the beginnings of a pneumonia or bronchitis. So I'm on pretty heavy antibiotics, but that's not the reason why we're doing this. <laughs> the other reason is that my 50-year-old body decided uh, to not support my back well, so my I threw my back out when I coughed. I know, I know, it sounds like Grandpa, I hear it. But uh, nevertheless, it has not gotten better yet, and so um, I'm, my mobility is severely limited right now. And so this is about the only safe way to do this. Um, uh, anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna pretend we're all at a satellite church today, and uh, I guess this was this is what it would be like. Uh, I've never been to a satellite church. So anyway, let me pray for us, and then let's uh, get into the message today. Father God, as as we uh, assemble today, it's always real easy to to get caught up in ourselves, how we're doing, how we're feeling. Um, what's working against us, what's working for us. And right now, God, we just thank you that that you are the Lord of life. Um, God, you're the healer. Lord, you're the one who you came, you found us, you saved us, you put us back together. You started doing something amazing that we're watching right now together. And Lord, as we meet, we're uh, we're really mindful of um, the members of Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, uh, the shooting yesterday. Um, God, we just ask you to rush with your Holy Spirit. Um, just rush to them with all of your comfort in your life. And Lord, though, though we don't even know how, God, we just pray for life to come out of death. You are the resurrecting God. And Lord, as you're resurrecting us, God, would you just do that for them? We, we lift these folks up. We lift up our troubled world to you. And, and Lord, the the rulers of it, God, government um, officials, our president, Lord, we just lift up everyone who's a decision maker. Father, we pray the peace of God, the love of God to just be unleashed in this nation and in our world. And Lord, even here as we meet, we just ask you to do something incredible today through unusual circumstances in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay, um, we're entering the home stretch of our series. And um, I want us to just reflect for a minute back on the first 14 chapters of Romans. Okay, let's take a look at what we got here so far. Um, Take a peek at the brilliant theology and the invitation of salvation for everyone. Okay, Paul's written that. Uh, Let's also consider the burning challenge for every Christian, every Christian to live for God. And then at the practical how-tos, just Paul has laid it out how we can be a people transformed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Okay, so you take a look at that through the first 14 chapters. You've got to admit, together with me, that Paul has written a divinely inspired masterpiece. Romans 1 through 14 is unbelievable. But then we turn the corner today into Romans 15. And at first glance, it it feels like Paul has run out of gas. You look at it here, and the first 13 verses sound like Paul is, he's just saying more of what he just finished saying. Um, You get under the first 13 verses, and then suddenly here are random Old Testament quotes that feel like they've just been tossed in, followed by more of what Paul 
has already been talking about, and then Paul ends the chapter with the travel itinerary. Well, here's where I'm going next. But then you stop and, and you take the deeper dive into Romans 15, and folks, it, it, it really seems like Paul might have saved the very best for last. And listen, the very best is often the very simplest truth. Um, what he writes here also is more than just an encouraging word to the Roman church. I believe it is a life-giving word for KPC today, if we can hear it. And guys, that's my challenge, to be people today who really hear what the Spirit of God says to the church. Um, I say that because we have, KPC has been through some hard times. And if you, it, when you stop to think about it, they're really hard times in the very distant past. I mean, it's, it's been a while. Um, but we're not quite out of the woods yet. Um, I look around right now, and as your pastor, I, I see some reasons to be encouraged. Um, in the last year, we've made a gigantic turn into fellowship. Um, we've been coming together in just some sweet, life-together kind of ways. Um, outreach is bubbling up. We're beginning to take some, some very deliberate steps to outreach, which is, that's the Great Commission. Um, some of our ministries, like small groups and men's ministry, are gaining traction. They really are. And then our women's event a week ago was simply astounding. O over a hundred women. The testimonies that are coming out of that time, and it's not just, oh, somebody had a great talk. It's the ministry. It's the worship. There, there is a sweetness that just, it, it, it's like it got unleashed last week. But it's really what Paul is going to share with us today in Romans 15 that is the stuff of true spiritual breakthrough. He's going to invite us to step up and to step into the fullness of God, and it does involve a step on the part of the church. But the question is, do we have ears to hear him today? I think we do. So let me read to you now Romans 15, 1 through 13. Paul writes, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you might glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you, that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says, Rejoice you Gentiles with His people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse, 
Jesus will spring up. One will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, what Paul has written here is is not a rehash. Okay, these aren't leftovers. He's not droning on from Romans 14. Instead, Paul is speaking to us. Now, his assumption here is that we are all the strong. And he's telling the strong, this is how spiritual maturity works. Now, here's what he's getting at. In our world, um, strength is very different than it is in the kingdom of God. Okay, completely different concept. In our world, strength equals power. It equals success. It equals status. They are everything. The goal is to be this kind of a strong person. In our world, the strong not only survive, they rise to the top and they run the show. Okay? That strength on this earth. Um, The weak are moved to the sidelines. The weak are to stay out of the way. And the weak are marginalized. They're forgotten. They're usually dismissed entirely. Okay? So here we are in Romans 15. Paul is flipping that principle on his head. We've got to understand that. Um, he is saying, look, this is not how it is in the church. This is not how it is in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the weak matter. The weak are valued. The weak are loved. Therefore, verse 1, we who are strong are to bear with the weak and not live to please ourselves. So strong in the kingdom of God, we're not large and in charge. We don't live for ourselves. Now, you might say, okay, Steve, well, isn't that Paul's point in Romans 14? Yes and no. Yes, it is his point, but he's applied it so far only to the church. Okay, last week he talked about brothers and sisters, but in verse 2 what he does is he expands this principle of the weak uh, being served by the strong. He applies it now to include our neighbors. That word neighbor is gigantic. Now, here's what a neighbor is. By biblical definition, and yes, go ahead and think of the Good Samaritan, uh, our neighbors are everybody out there, everybody in our world. Okay, so regardless of race, gender, economic status, party affiliation, spiritual orientation, even sexual orientation. The strong show God's goodness and God's grace, not only to weaker Christians, weaker spiritual people in the body, but we are to show strength and God's goodness to our lost neighbors, to our weak neighbors. In other words, We go out of our way as God's strong ones to speak to them, serve them, bless them, love them. The goal of the strong in Christ is to bring our neighbor to and build our neighbor up in Jesus Christ. There you go. And then Paul tells us why. Okay, now, why do we do this? Believe it or not, it is the Sunday school first grade answer, the answer is Jesus. Jesus is our model. He's our inspiration. Jesus is why we do this, okay? 
And it's because everywhere we look at Jesus in Scripture, we can never conclude Jesus was here for himself. We can't look anywhere in the Gospels and go, you know, I think right here, Jesus is just looking after number one. No, no, writes Paul in verse three. Christ was never about pleasing himself. Instead, he came here. Why did he come here? He told us his mission is to seek and to save the lost. It is to love the lost world to himself. It's to save those who are weak and turn them into strong. And Paul writes, look, that pursuit, what Jesus did, that mission, it was incredibly costly to Jesus. You talk about personal inconvenience. Look at Jesus at the end in the Gospels. He was insulted, rejected. Jesus was mocked. He was scorned. He was crucified for fallen humanity. Jesus was not about number one. He never was. Jesus was about us. So he's our example, writes Paul. This is how the strong in God are to relate to the weak. All he did was seek. All he did was serve. All he did was save a weak, lost people. And then he writes to us in verse 4, he says, Look, everything in Scripture... When you read it, it tells us that this is how God's kingdom works. I mean, look at the Old Testament. I mean, look at how our mighty God used his strength to pursue a sinful mankind from the beginning to the end of the Old Testament. Again, look at the Gospels. Jesus, what did he do? He called, he healed, he saved a wretched, weak, wicked people. Look at Acts, Pentecost. What does the Holy Spirit do? He comes down with all that might and power, and he empowers a newborn church, a weak newborn church taking its first steps of faith. And then that newborn church, just newly empowered by the Holy Spirit, goes out and does exactly what Jesus just finished doing for them. Now they're seeking. Now they're serving. Now they're saving their world just like Jesus did. So Paul is saying, look, God's intention was that you would reflect on this biblical past and from it, you, the church, you would receive power and you would receive hope and you would rise up in God's strength as his strong ones. And you would become a powerful force for God aimed at a weak, dying, lost world. And then that weak world, what would happen to them? They would find life in Christ. They would grow and they would become strong like we are. Verse 5, Oh, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. And there it is. So far, Paul has been hinting at something that he now makes plain to every one of us. I'll read it to you again. Verse 5, May God give you the same attitude toward one another that Christ Jesus had Verse 6, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul calls the church now into unity, to the same mind and the same message that Jesus had. But we got to notice something here, and this is, this is huge. Paul says in verse 5 that this unity comes from God. What does that mean? That means you can't make it up. 
It means we can't manufacture it. It means we can't kind of pretend our way through it or work up a few ministries and programs and we got it. This unity is a gift. It is a blessing from God. And listen, it comes as we follow Christ and as we obey Christ together. It flows out of our love for each other and our care of each other. It grows out of our forgiveness and our patience toward one another. So what Paul is saying is this. He's saying, look, as you live, as you live all of this love and all of this care out for each other in here, you will come into unity and oneness and harmony, and you will be like Jesus out there. And so for this reason, Paul writes in verse 7, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Now, here's the question, and we're going to answer the question. Well, how did Christ accept us? Well, Christ accepted everyone who received him, everyone who turned to him. Christ accepted them completely, without reservation, without condition. He accepted us this way because of one word, and the word is love. I want you to hear, and remember we talked about really hearing earlier. I want you to hear Jeremiah 31.3. God says to his people, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. When I wrote that this week, I felt that. And I feel it again. It just hit somebody. It may have hit several of you. I want you to hear it again. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I believe God is hitting one, two, maybe more than a few. Okay, Dr. Seuss. I believe God's hitting several of you with that right now. Everlasting love. Unfailing kindness. I want you to lean into that right now with me for just a moment. Holy Spirit, right now in Jesus' name, I pray for the full force of the love of God. And and any castle wall that is in the way of that, uh, any old uh, foundation that that just says, no, we're going to stand against it, in Jesus' name, open your gates and receive the unfailing kindness and the everlasting love of God. Father, I ask you to minister to that right now in the name of Jesus deeply to this body. KPC, we live under a glorious command to accept one another. For the past several weeks, Paul's been calling us to, to abandon, looking down on each other, um, to give up criticizing one another in the body that judgment would be packed up. We just put it down and walk away. Like Iron Chef on Food Network, put it down and walk away. Um, Paul's been calling us from gossip, anger, to forgive any and every offense we've been holding on to. And, And what he's saying is, look, put that down and choose this day to love one another, to honor one another, to prefer one another, to respect one another, regardless of weakness. And I tell you, I believe this is a big moment for KPC. I really do, and I'm going to tell you why. It's actually here in the passage. 
verses 8 through 12 lays it out for us. Um, Paul quotes four Old Testament passages that I said earlier, they seem really kind of random. They're not after all the teaching we just got. In verse 9, he quotes Psalm 18:49. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. In verse 10, he quotes Deuteronomy 32, 43. Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. In verse 11, he quotes Psalm 117, 1. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the people extol him. And in verse 12, Paul quotes Isaiah 11:10. The root of Jesse, Jesus, will spring up. One who, one who will arise to rule over the nations, again, Jesus, in him the Gentiles will hope. Now, who are the Gentiles? When Paul is quoting Gentiles here, he's just talking about everybody who's not a part of the family of God. These are people who are not the people of God. It is a big, big deal, a gigantic deal that KPC is a loving, forgiving, free, Christ-filled spirit-filled people. It is a really big deal that we come together as one in unity because Jesus has got the Gentiles on his mind. They're in his heart. If we're not united, we will never reach them. And that's what church is supposed to be all about. In other words, just as Jesus came for us, we, like the first church, are to go to them. And Paul is saying, look, only a united people with Christ's heart will ever pull off that assignment. They're the only ones. That's what verse 8 that I didn't quote is all about, the lead-off verse to those Old Testament uh, quotes. Paul says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs our biblical ancestors might be confirmed. Moreover, again, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. See, Christ came to show his people that every promise of God is true. This is Paul's point. Salvation for God's people so that the Gentiles also would discover God's love, God's mercy, God's salvation. And then what would happen? Together, we'd all come together and we would glorify and praise and love God as one, not only a united church, but a united church and all these new believers streaming in. We would be one. But again, only the united church, a church that's together, is going to gather in those lost Gentiles. So, here's my assessment. The last time I checked... Uh, there were still a few lost folks out there in our world. A lot of our neighbors are as spiritually weak as they come. No life at all. So how is the church at large doing at fishing them in? Better yet, how is KPC doing at fishing in the lost? So far, not so good. But here's the good news. There's that, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Paul's point is, okay, well, let's get it together. Let's get out there. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. Let's forget what is behind us. And let's strain now forward toward what is ahead. Let's press on toward the goal and win the prize 
for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. In other words, let's forget how he or she or they failed us in times past. Let's, let's forget about the sins of past leadership or, or people around us. Let's forgive any offenses we might have. Again, let's put them down and walk away. And let's pick up love for one another and then love for our neighbor and grab hold of this good news and let's get out there and serve and pray and bless one another and serve this world Jesus died to save. This is the heart of Paul's prayer for the Roman church. And it's Paul's prayer and Paul's, Paul's encouragement to KPC today. Verse 13, he says it well. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't lose that last line because, guys, it's, it's gigantic. Paul is saying, look, if we will come together and we will put our trust in God and we will choose Christ's way of love, God's going to fill us up. Our joy level as a church and a people is going to go through the roof. Our peace level is going to skyrocket. Our hope level is going to overflow. It's going to fill up that much. And then he ends that prayer with the promise of the Holy Spirit that as we step out, okay, with all of that being true, as we step out, our words are going to be His. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of speaking the Word of God to somebody, and I'm not talking about just reciting Scripture, which is great, but you actually speak a word of heaven, a word that is freshly on God's heart for an individual about their heart and about their life. A prophetic word of knowledge, a word in the moment, there's nothing like it. So that we would have words like that, that when we pray with people, those prayers are God's prayers, and the results prove it. Healing, transformation, salvation. Folks, I'm telling you, we need so desperately the power of the Holy Spirit in every ministry of KPC. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do outreach. We, we can't reach anybody without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the point of the book of, book, book of Acts, one of the big points. Um, I have tried ministry in my own strength, in my own might. Uh, it's not worth telling you the stories because it, it stinks. Ministry always has been. It, all, it, all, it is right now. It always will be by His Spirit, says the Lord. That's the only way it works. So would you join me today in turning away from everything else and turning toward Him? Oneness and mission. Our oneness for the sake of Christ's mission. In Jesus' name. Father God, take today this very unorthodox um, way of, of transmitting your word. And Lord, even as I say that, I am so thankful for technology. But Lord, I, I pray that you would take these words. You would take this ancient message of Paul. And God, that your spirit would work this so deeply into our bones. And you would be honored and glorified. God, that you would do something so great here. That KPC would just be a trophy 
of your grace, Lord, our testimony as a people would be incredible and that that testimony would just be littered with new stories, people rising up to say, God, God met me. God did this when, when they showed up in, in my trailer park, when those folks came to Union Mission, when they flew across the world to Ghana, uh, when they came out there to that food pantry, when they loved me across the fence as a next door neighbor. I now belong to Jesus. My life has changed. Lord, do something beautiful. First church right here in Jesus' name. Fill us to overflowing with your love and your power as you heal us, as I preach a message in need of your healing. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. See you soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to the KPC podcast. For more messages and information, visit kpc.org.